What's up, folks? What's going on? Welcome to episode 67 of the Spun Today podcast. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz. Thank you very much for taking a listen. In this episode, I'm going to speak about a shit ton of movies and documentaries and stand-up comedy whose only through line is the fact that I ingested each and every one of these with my eyeballs. <laughs> the movies that I'm going to speak about include Morris from America, The Accountant, Becoming Warren Buffett, The Founder, Moana, and Doctor Strange. I've seen a way too much shit since the last time I did one of these uh, random rants. Um, the stand-up comedy includes Neil Brennan's Three Mics, Felipe Esparza's they're not gonna laugh at you and bill burr's walk your way out if you're if you think you're you'd be interested in i guess my uh perspective or my uh my i guess what i thought of each and every one of these things whatever any of my thoughts then stick around if not then uh, check out one of the backlist episodes of the Spun Today podcast, which there are 66 other episodes of. All right, so since there's so much to get through, uh, I'm going to jump right into it. Morris from America is an American-German coming-of-age comedy drama film. And I really liked it. Uh, first and foremost, Craig Robinson uh, the comedian, I believe he's, um, I know he's a comedic actor. Uh, I believe he's also a stand-up comic, but I've never seen any of his stand-up or anything like that, but I think that's, like, what he is by trade or whatever. Um, either way, funny dude, uh, this was a, a drama, uh, comedy drama, but more on the drama side, I would say, with a lot of funny parts sprinkled throughout. Uh, Craig Robinson did a great job. I thought in a serious role, which was like different to see him in. He was all he actually also played a, a serious uh, role in uh, Mr. Robot, the series that I've spoken to you all so highly about. Um, so it was cool to see him in a movie like this. My favorite part of the movie was a long monologue that he. He spoke to his son, Mo, about in the movie, uh, towards the end of the movie, uh, when they were in the car uh, driving back home. And it was a long monologue about his wife. I love dialogue. I love uh, long monologues. And just like like a Aaron Sorkin-esque type of back and forth banter, like with dialogue. <clears throat> I love that stuff. So... Like something like this, which was just, you know, a monologue, just him talking, but for a very long uh, time, what seemed like, you know, what seemed like a long time, um, was, it was really engaging, he kind of like drew you into it, it was touching, Um, for those of you that haven't seen the movie, spoiler alert, and by the way, spoiler alert now for everything and anything that I'm going to speak about, if you haven't seen, I already mentioned to you guys, um, in the little intro thing where I told you guys what I'm going to speak about. If you haven't seen any of that stuff and you don't want 
to be spoiled any anything to be spoiled then stop listening now <clears throat> um, because i'm going to mention a bunch of shit from all those movies and stand-ups or whatever anyway so for those of you that haven't seen the movie he craig robinson moves to germany he brings his kid along with him and they don't really get into it but they mention the fact that he used to play soccer and then became uh like an assistant coach with like like the german national soccer team or something like that but uh the soccer team like kind of sucks but it's it's a job it's what he does and that's why he lives in germany pretty much but how he wound up there gets gets explained through this monologue and his kid by the way he's like a ten, uh, like an 11 or 12 year old kid and it kind of sort of well not kind of sort of it gets explained how he wound up um how a black dude wound up in living in germany and at this point by the way his wife uh died i should mention that earlier his wife had passed away and he's like a single dad raising raising his his son the best way that he knows how so in the dialogue, it mentions how, like, he he knew his soon-to-be wife, or his future wife, for not more than three months. He used to live in the Bronx, and she was in Germany. I forgot why she was in Germany, but she was, like, studying in Germany or with friends in Germany or something like that. And he decided on, I want to say Valentine's Day, but that could be complete bullshit. But he just decided, or maybe it was her birthday or something like that. He decided... Um, Somebody convinced him, I believe, to, like, surprise her and just fly out to Germany. And he was, like, completely into this chick. And he decided it would be this, like, romantic, you know, great type of, of gesture to do. And, and he would wind up getting the girl. So he follows this line of thinking, flies out to Germany, doesn't speak any German. And thinks, apparently, that, you know, Germany is, like, you know a small town or some shit because he just flies there and thinks that he's just going to find her and like just ask somebody i guess you know have you seen a black chick and then like go you know they'll be like oh yeah i saw her you know earlier she's around the corner so he flies out and he's describing you know he's nervous he doesn't know uh, what he's looking you know how to find her or or whatever so he bumps into a a couple that <clears throat> helps him out a bit and then mentions to the to the kid you know you remember you know joe and susan i don't that's not their real names or whatever but you remember joe and susan you know you met them when you were six or whatever and you know it's a couple that he's still friends with today and mentions how they he asked them you know how to get to the university they actually offered to drive them there and they did and he was like in the university town uh, searching for his future wife and to surprise her and um he says how you know he went into restaurants and into into hostels and hotels and little bars and he went everywhere looking for her and and um he was just tearing up that little little town up little town in germany up little college town up and um searching for her, searching for her and then he sees her finally and she's like standing on a corner uh waiting for a cab and she spots him and he says how 
she turned to him she like her jaw dropped and he was like she looked so amazing she was like the hottest woman in all of germany and that the first thing that she said was i hope you didn't come here for me and then um he was just like quiet i guess whatever and then she just like jumped on him and hugged him and and the rest is history and because of that he stayed in germany started playing soccer apparently be you know was on a soccer team and uh became one of becoming uh, an assistant coach and moved back to america i'm guessing when when she died i don't think they explained that and then wound up actually wound up moving back to germany for the job for the uh the soccer job or whatever um because the kid grew up for large part in in the states um anyway that that scene that when he's having that that monologue that was like my favorite part of the movie because one it like helps tie the story together you know you kind of sort of wondering like why they live there um and you know you kind of get the idea that it's because of the job the, the father's job but you don't really get it you know like how do you wind up halfway across the world for a job unless it's like some bonkers you know bowling out of control type of job also he he uses that story as a parent to bond with this child who has you know he he seems like a, a good kid doesn't get into trouble you know does you know his school work and his father must know that you know it's a tough time for him as well assimilating to to fucking germany you know the kid from the bronx living in germany and the kid actually went to like a neighboring uh city or other town or something like that um without the father knowing and uh pretty much got left there by some friends that he was hanging out with and they bounced and he was stranded pretty much and without a cell phone and he called his like german tutor chick and she wanted to tell the father and the father winds up going to pick him up and he was surprised because he called the german chick uh the german tutor chick and was expecting her to show up and she didn't and said the father did so the father knows that the kid's going through some shit and he tells him and you know he tells him this story and the kid by the way he you know went to this town because he's half he has a crush on this like uh you know 15 or 16 year old girl that that's like hanging out with him kind of but um she's into some college guy or some shit like that but he's kind of like into her and whatever so the father winds up telling him this story and explains to him that love will make you do some crazy shit sometimes and he doesn't want to stop him from experiencing stuff or it or any any type of experiences but that his job is to make sure that he raises him right and uh, keeps him safe and like stuff like that and that they have to be on the same team for him to be able to do that um etc and then the kid opens up and and you know because father's like you know but you got to speak to me you got to tell me what the fuck is going on with you um and we have to be on the same team for this all to work you know, I know it must be tough for you, and, you know, shit is tough for me, too, but, you know, with the Tony Black dudes and all of fucking Heidelberg, Germany, or whatever the, the town was called, you know, we gotta stick together, and the kid is like, oh, how'd you know it's about a girl? 
and then he was like it's always about a girl or something like that so it, it you know it was like a bonding scene between father and son which you all know i'm a sucker for um and then the kid is like the kid tells the dad um like towards the end of like the whole exchange he's like so i'm not in trouble and then the dad is like oh no you grounded like a motherfucker <laughs> and like see it's like scenes like that like that's where the comedy like fits in and in the whole comedy drama aspect of the movie or whatever um stuff like that which is hilarious so i like the story i like that it's like a snapshot of their lives at a certain point in time when they're just trying to figure it out you know he's trying to figure out how to raise a kid on his own and in germany um and the kid is trying to figure out how to assimilate you know to other kids you know he has his whole world and like at his level and he's he's an interesting takeaway that i took from the movie as well another reason why i really liked it is that i believe that we here in america like we take a lot for granted um even down to like the people that make up our country and we we are all immigrants and we've all um or come from immigrants right you know people that migrated to to the u.s whether it's your parents your grandparents your great-grandparents whatever people we're all fucking immigrants that's what this country is made up of and i feel that intellectually we know that we understand that um but we internalize it as recognizing it from like the outside looking in kind of like we we recognize it as the Dominican bodega owner or the Middle Eastern cab driver or the Portuguese construction worker. And this movie does a great job of showing us what that immigrant experience is like versus, you know, just our perception of what the the experience is like by showing us, you know, quote, one of ours being the immigrant and assimilating somewhere else, in this case, Germany. So, I think we get a, a like a different view of what it's like to be an immigrant here by seeing what it would be like for one of us, quote unquote, being an immigrant somewhere else. And that was pretty dope. And then lastly, with the movie, it's interesting to see how at least uh, something that I picked up, I could be like reading too much into it or whatever, but whatever. It's all about what you get from things, right? Um how they your behavioral traits affect your your children or those around you so the father you know followed this girl to germany wound up staying in germany living in germany for the girl you know he got to you know live there did made his life there uh, got a job there and that's where he lives um because of that one decision that he made that followed you know that path and he pretty much you know, he, I guess he went back to the States, but ended up coming back for the job. And he, it kind of sort of shows him like sticking to what he knows. And, you know, we all do that to some degree. And then the kid kind of like copies that, that trait of sticking with what you know, with, um, he's like into hip hop and he wants to be a rapper when he grows up. Um, but, and nobody around him, you know, all the, the little white German kids are into, like, techno and EDM and, like, that type of shit. And nobody's into hip-hop. Um, they barely know what it is. But he sticks to what he knows and 
and true to his like love of hip hop and this is my thing type of thing. This is what I know and this is, you know, this isn't going to let me down and I'm going to stick to it. So that's um similar to his pops, you know, sticking to soccer and and coaching soccer and stuff like that and sticking to what he knows. So I feel like that's something that's like a trait, a behavioral trait that that you can possibly pass on. By the way, I'm not a wine guy, but I'm sipping on some fucking yellowtail white wine Moscato. And it's just pretty fucking good. I gotta say. Anyway, <laughs> more is from America. Uh, that's my take on it. I recommend it and you guys should check it out. Next is The Accountant. The Accountant with Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck did a did a good job in this movie. I think he's a pretty good actor. He gets a lot of shit, but I I've always thought he was a fine actor. You know, not like my favorite actor or anything like that, but he, he's just a, a good actor. Um, I like this movie because I like I like there being conversation around things that are different, things that are are fascinating, or or even it doesn't even have to be fascinating to me. Like just some like. If there's a conversation about, I don't know, pick something boring like how to make wine orators or something like that. Like there's a, a, a deep dive conversation into that, like the art of making an orator. Um, that's, I'm glad that that type of conversation is happening because that's how we wind up with dope shit. And that's how we learn more about things and about ourselves and about stuff and and whatever so this movie is about autism and or i don't know if you want to say it's just about autism but the main character ben affleck is autistic and um i'm glad to see that movie like that hit the mainstream the way it did and it was a good movie it was entertaining to watch there was a ton of action dope action tate fletcher's in this movie by the way powerful tate fletcher for those that don't know, a former MMA fighter and turned actor, Tate Fletcher, uh, Pirate Life Radio podcast. Uh, what was I going to say? He's been in a ton. He, like, all the action movies, like, um, what else was he in? The uh, that Keanu Reeves movie that that's, like, part two is coming out. And part one is actually surprisingly good. Um, Tate Fletcher was in that. He's in, he's, like, the big buff fucking bad guy. He was in Breaking Bad. He was in a bunch of shit. Anyway, the accountant, back to like the whole autism thing. Aside from the fact that the movie was good and entertaining and kept you engaged uh, throughout it, um, just the topic of autism being explored in any way, I like. And some people say that autism may be like a glimpse into the next level of human evolution. And I can't say I'm fully on board with that thought or claim or whatever. Um, but some, some of the things that some autistic people can do is, are, is just like amazing. Like for example, um, and well, before the example, and there's also things, you know, people that suffer from autism that have debilitating traits. Um, and it's horrible, you know, it's a, it's a, obviously a wide spectrum and I suspect that we're all on it in in some way uh, on that type of spectrum. Just, you know, 
most of us are on the quote-unquote normal side of it or i guess like more balanced side of it or you know we could hide our little quirks more than others and and tendencies etc um but some autistic people do things that are like nothing short of like amazing like superpower ish amazing um there's an example that i like of stephen uh, wilshire who's an autistic artist savant and i'll put a clip of him in the episode notes um he's this dude that can draw things from memory like you can just look at something see it and and not like i don't know not like a mickey mouse and then draw the mickey mouse like he literally drew the entire new york city not just the skyline not just like you know the empire state building and the the freedom tower um like the entire new york city manhattan from memory and like the bridges the buildings the number of windows per building the fucking ripples in the in the hudson river in the waves and like every single thing like amazing like that and took him like three days to do and he did it like from memory and it's just fascinating to me to to think that the human brain is capable of things like that and you know we find out about it through um you know someone being wired quote-unquote incorrectly or you know not normally and and it's just interesting as shit man we're weird people man and there's a bunch of different things like like synesthesia which i've mentioned before i think that uh i think i've mentioned it before um pharrell has synesthesia which is some sort of brain wiring that gets crisscrossed like in terms of like the five senses so there's people that can literally taste colors like if they see the color red they get like a certain taste in their mouth or people that can that hear this is what pharrell has it in this way that he hears sounds as colors so it's kind of like when he's putting beats together and stuff like that he's seeing like a melody of colors and by putting the colors together in a certain way helps him make the beats that he makes that he produces um and there's a lot of weird shit like that man that goes on uh brain stuff by the way the podcast that i mentioned to you guys in the past as well has done an episode on synesthesia so you guys should check that out and you know those podcasts are like less than 10 minutes long so it's pretty cool if you guys want to check it out uh but anyway the accountant aside from that stuff it, it was dope and uh i recommend it as well so check it out and actually, let me segue into the next one by mentioning from the accountant that um, it's like, is Warren Buffett technically autistic, but just with like finance shit? Or is like Mike Zuckerberg autistic with computer coding? It's like, I don't know. I don't know, man. Interesting to, to think about at least. Anyway, that said... Becoming Warren Buffett is the next movie that I'm going to speak about. Uh, it was a documentary that HBO released. And he's fucking great. He's he's definitely the type of human being that you would, or I would, uh, like, aspire to want to to wanna be when I'm his age. And, and 
not just at his age, you know. Shit, I'll take $50 billion right now. But, no, nah, I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely not speaking about the money part, although that would be obviously amazing. And and just to have success within within the something that you love, um, that aspect of it would be so dope. But just like the dope, uh, like the humble, caring type of person that he seems to be obviously i don't know him personally and not just from this from this documentary but a lot of interviews that i've seen with him he, he has a, a cool interview by the way with uh with a, a forbes interview with jay-z that's old i'm sure you guys have seen it but if not check it out it's on youtube uh, but just many like clips that i've seen of his and um his uh letters letter he does a yearly letter to to berkshire that's all like public i've skimmed through a bunch of them in the past uh yearly letter to the uh, shareholders and you guys can just google and look up like in the finance world people like speak about them a lot i'll actually look for the latest one and uh add it to the episode notes for you guys um but just kind of that i can't put my finger on it but it's just like the i know I'm the best at this. I know I'm the, like the Don of this whole shit, but I never will rub your face in it. You know what I mean? Like I, I'll, I'll never be the, like that type of douchebag. Just let me do my thing and continue being the goat. You know what I mean? Like that type of approach that he seems to have um, is endearing and I strive for that. Um, something interesting that I took away from this documentary is that I feel that he he's so like he, he even says it and this is why I was saying like you know is Warren Buffett um autistic when it comes to finance shit like he even says it he's like that his brain is wired in a way that he loves numbers and he can't get enough of them and he's and he sees patterns within the stock market and and by the way, for anybody who doesn't know, Warren Buffett is like literally one of the richest, if not the richest um, man in the world. Um, and he's from Omaha, Nebraska, born and raised and still lives in Omaha, Nebraska, in the house that he purchased like in the 50s or, or something like that. He still lives in the same house, which is a very nice house, but it's, you know, it's not this like castle with a moat around it. You know what I mean? It's like a um a nice but unassuming home and he is you know constantly you know top one two or three richest person in the world uh back and forth with like bill gates and which is a good friend of his and people like that so anyway he says that you know his brain is wired in a way that constantly keeps him like engaged in this in 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 finance stuff and his father was a stockbroker for a while and he used to read he read like all the books that his dad had on finance when he was like seven or 11 or something like that then he used to he went to the library the omaha local library and literally read every single book on finance and stocks um while he was like a little kid and it was something that he was always like drawn to since he since he was little so he says that, you know, there's nothing special about what he does. There is, you know, all the information that he reads is available to to anyone and everyone as 
you know, is mandated by like the SEC and all that shit is public information. You could literally look up um, all the stuff that he reads and that, you know, different financial analysts read and stuff like that and what companies are doing and how much they sold and this and that and, you know, just full prospectuses that are literally like three to 500 page documents that have the ins and outs of every single aspect of a stock or a bond, etc. It's all public information. Um, he, however, is someone that actually reads through all this shit for, he says, I think he reads like six to 10 hours a day. And that takes a certain type of discipline and passion that is admirable and is why he is who he is. You know, he's willing to put in that work aside from the fact that, you know, he's obviously like gifted or, or, you know, wired for it as he puts it. And he's very calculated, very measured, very, very even keeled. It seems like, um, definitely within the, the finance world. And he's a, a long investor, meaning that he doesn't, he's not looking for the, uh, the stocks that will, or the company that will, you know, turn a quick profit. He's like in it for the long haul. He's an investor in companies like American Express and Coca-Cola and like railroads and, you know, um, what, like the Washington Post, like institutional, like, you know, print newspapers. Something something that shows, I, I felt like his human side uh, in watching this documentary and something that I noticed is that some of the biggest decisions that he made were completely driven by emotion, which is kind of like diametrically opposed to how he acts within the, his work, his passion, you know, finance and how, how willing he is to say, this is my strategy and I'm going to stick to the strategy for 30 years, no matter what, even though the market tanked in 2008, like he still stayed, um, you know, with his, with his strategy. And, um, now looking back at it, he regained uh, certain ground and is, you know, back on top and one of the winningest investors in all of wall street. So, but these, there's two specific times that I felt that he did two things that were driven purely by emotion and that kind of, kind of, changed his life and changed the trajectory of it so for what it for what it's worth these are the two things that that i noticed one is when his father died so he mentions how he he purchased stock in berkshire hathaway and it was a like a failing company Uh, berkshire hathaway by the way is the name of his like investment company but but it wasn't like an investment company at the time. It was, I forget what it was. It was some sort of like factory or something like that. But it was like closing factories and he was just like buying stocks in it because he knew that they would have to like close enough factories to like repurchase stocks and then in doing so the stock price would go up or something like that. Some weird like financial maneuvering. And he wasn't wrong. So he... um like purchased this stock and then in his company and then he told like the the shareholding management or or whatever the board that he would 
sell it at like 17 17 dollars or 17 and a half dollars or something like that that's a sale price and then they came back and they sold it at like 17 dollars or they tried to fuck them out of like some money but like in a dirty way like that and he got so pissed that he wound up like buying and a shit you know enough stock to to be the majority owner of the company and then he got rid of the entire the the entire board and and put in a, a new management team basically and that's how he acquired uh berkshire hathaway which is now the name that's pretty much synonymous with with warren buffett and in the documentary he mentions how he didn't realize it at the time but that his father had passed away um like five days before then and that he feels that that had something to do with his irrational way of of acting but obviously it turned out to be like an amazing thing for him even though you know he would have gone on to do other things and you know we just wouldn't know the name Berkshire Hathaway it would have been Warren Buffett's fucking investing co or something like that um but I found that interesting then the second um emotional decision that that I felt drove a very significant turning point in his life I'm gonna mention in a second so he before I mention it, he, you know, he knew he had this gift for money. He's not, he's a very unassuming person. Like I said, he lives in the house that he bought like when, uh, in the fifties or something like that. He still lives in it to this day. He fucking eats McDonald's for breakfast on his five minute drive to the office in Omaha, Nebraska, where he again was born, raised and still lives. And his wife was which was a she was into like philanthropy and he was always doing she was always doing volunteer work and and part of the the civil rights movement and he pretty he he stated that he he knew that that's where and they would butt heads a bit um with how much money he was donating to like charities and stuff like that. Cause she wanted to donate, you know, much more. Um, and he is like heavy on like compound, compound interest. And the way it works is like the more, you know, the more you save, the more you put into, into it, the more it compounds and the more it becomes. So if you give too much away now, it'll be, you know, far less later than what it could be. Um, so you know they they always butt heads and she you know she understood that the like the long-term view again the long-term view on that whole thing and the way he saw it was pretty much that he would amass this you know huge wealth of money you know she was younger than him she would outlive him and then you know where her heart is is in you know giving back and she's the best person to do so um, so he would stack the money up and she would divvy it up and it would be better off for humanity pretty much. Unfortunately, his wife passed away, uh, before he did. And, you know, before, you know, he hasn't passed away. So, um, but his wife passed away before him and he, this is the second emotional decision that I felt that he made when his wife did die. That's when he made the single greatest donation to charity than anyone has ever done in history and i think it was something like 
I don't know, like 99% or 98% of his entire fortune, which is literally tens of billions of dollars, um, he donated to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which again, uh, is a good friend of his, and Bill and, and Melinda Gates have, have um, they're deep in that foundation shit. And he felt like, you know, who better than a friend of mine that I know is, is going to do the right thing with this money. And he donated the, the bulk of his fortune to them. And as well as to his three children who have their own foundations and their own chatter, charities uh, going on. And um, he's just an amazing individual to do something like that. I definitely respect that and highly recommend it. So check it out. It's called Becoming Warren Buffett on HBO. He's not a piece of shit like Ray Kroc. I'll tell you that. So <laughs> the founder, the movie The Founder is about the quote unquote the founder of McDonald's, the franchise, the fast food joint that poisons all of us. I could definitely go for some McDonald's fries right now and an apple pie. Um so Ray Kroc was played by Michael Keane, who did a dope job. Michael Keane's the man. I like him. He's a great actor. And the founder is about uh, Ray Kroc, who I thought before seeing this movie was the person that, you know, started McDonald's or whatever. He started the McDonald's that we all know, but he didn't start McDonald's. He stole McDonald's. He's a fucking thief, a piece of shit thief. This is the type of, of like Steve Jobs esque type of douchebag that i hate within the business world like i don't like people like this like the the people that are like well to get ahead you gotta fuck people like no you don't you piece of shit you don't have to fuck anybody over to get ahead you could get ahead by fucking people over but that doesn't mean that that's the only way to get ahead um so in short pretty much ray Kroc who's like a struggling salesman in his like 40s or 50s or something like that by the time he stumbles on this gold mine um this is how it was depicted in the movie i haven't done any like fact checking behind it to see you know it's a movie based on the true story but i don't know you know movies like that they always take liberties with shit but within this movie they they show that he's a struggling salesman he stumbles upon these two brothers uh something and something mcdonald who started a a burger spot and you know they used to have like a hot dog spot and a, you know just a a restaurant a food restaurant and then it transitioned over the years into this burger spot because they realized that the most of um their revenue was coming from burger uh soft drinks and fries or something like that like the sales of those three things so they cut everything else off the menu and the younger brother seemed to be like a bit autistic he was like very very uh if you haven't noticed autism is like the the theme of this podcast i guess he was very uh like ocd with with like planning things out and and trying to make things as efficient as possible so he found the most efficient way to make burgers and you know make the three things that that sell and he dubbed it like the speedy 
food system or something like that, the speedy rack, and pretty much compartmentalized all portions of making the fast food. So instead of one person making an entire hamburger, like one person would work on the patty, one person would add the the ketchup and, and whatever on it, somebody else would add the pickles on it, somebody else would do fries, somebody else would do this, somebody else would, you know, man the the orders, etc. So uh, Ray Kroc stumbled upon this, you know, he, long story short, convinced them to franchise it and give them, give them the ability to franchise more. And Ray Kroc started like selling this shit like hotcakes and it went national and went worldwide. Um, and Ray Kroc eventually by the recommendation of an attorney that he wound up bumping into started he created something called the mcdonald corporation company now it wasn't you know he wasn't the owner of mcdonald's he signed the contract saying that he you know he wasn't the owner or whatever he was just a franchisee uh, franchising the idea of the two brothers but he started something called the mcdonald corporation which was a quote-unquote leasing company so ray Kroc was selling like these mcdonald's franchises to a bunch of people but he wasn't making any money off of them but those people were making money but his cut was like too low to like make any money any real money so what he did was instead of leasing instead of you know leaving it up to the individual franchisees to go find like a place to lease he would buy the land he bought the land that the people were uh, the franchisees were building McDonald's on. So if somebody came to him and says, yes, I'm down, I'll do a franchise, he'd be like, okay, good, I have a, sp- I have a, a spot here that you could build on. And then, in essence, becoming like the landlord. So he started making buku bucks. And um, long story short, one of fucking the two brothers out of it, out of the McDonald's name, because he pretty much became the face of it, you know, hundreds of franchisees knew him as like the guy that started it nobody knew who the fuck the two brothers were and he made an offer to the to the uh two brothers after one of them had a heart attack he was an opportunistic piece of shit that wound up you know going to them in the hospital and instead of giving his condolences or sorry or whatever because the guy literally had a heart attack from like arguing with him over the phone he uh goes there and offers them uh money to to completely buy the mcdonald's name or whatever and he does and he did and a key a key scene to me in this movie was ray Kroc was on the phone with one of the two brothers and he was explaining to them how you know this is business this is war it's war out there and business is war war is business and it's a doggy dog world and if you had to you know, would you make the profits you need to make and et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And would you do what you had to do in order to, to make a buck? And, and, you know, he pays, he paints like that dim, ugly picture of business that, that I've always disliked. And the brother reacts to him and he, he just responds to him and he was like, no, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want that. And then he hangs up on on Ray Kroc. And I love that scene because it's kind of like it shows like the juxtaposition between two 
two individuals and how one is like just driven by like that that whatever that those aspirations are and that greed and that money and that power and that like soul it's okay to want like a better station in life it's okay to want like a, a nicer place to live or or a nicer car and stuff like that but when you're solely only driven by more and more and more and i want more like there's something like innately wrong about that and it's cool to see that even though in even in the eyes of like defeat um within like the business business realm like that like the brother still like stood his ground and and was true to himself and he was like no actually i wouldn't fucking want that you dick anyway it's called the founder and i recommend it you guys should definitely check it out and oh the so ray crock like the piece of shit that he was he uh like his wife he like divorced her or something wound up like marrying you know his wife that was with him like through thick and thin no matter what divorced her and married some some other guy's wife that that he he always had an eye for and i wonder if that was true well anyway in the movie he was a piece of grade a piece of shit <laughs> um and he did that and also he bought the uh the mcdonald's name from the mcdonald brothers for like 1.3 million dollars each so it'll be like one million dollars each after taxes and at that time the equivalent of that would be like 10 million dollars each um and then they were supposed to get like one percent of sales like in perpetuity like forever after that and ray Kroc told him that you know we'll do that part like as a handshake deal um here's the check for a million bucks each or whatever um you guys will definitely get that money but i can't put that in the contract because of legal issues and blah 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 they pretty much agreed to it and obviously got fucked and they never saw a penny of that money like the of the like one percent they just got their million bucks each and it is what it is now mcdonald's is poisoning children all across the globe probably forever only two movies left folks and then three stand-up comedy specials <laughs> so a lot of shit huh all right the next movie is gonna be a little surprising it's a cartoon movie because my wife loves cartoon movies and I'll have to say I I was I've been into a few of them. I like a few of them. Uh this one actually is one of them that I liked. Maona was pretty cool. And the biggest takeaway that I got from from this is although I I don't know like how or why I never like noticed this before but it's kind of genius the way they do movies like kids movies because it's not like you know like kids cartoons or whatever like like i've seen a couple lately like have them on like for like my nieces or whatever or my niece the other one's still like too small to like watch or whatever but they like they're like just for kids like there's no there's no like bigger meaning or anything like that but i noticed like that with these movies like movies like mona they're like the genius of them is that the the parent the parents will watch them with their kids and you know like little kids aren't like going to movies by themselves to watch them and or you know they watch my home and they come out on dvd and stuff they they're and the parents are a significant piece of that viewership pie and they're the ones with the money you know 
paying for the kids to go so it, it's good to like hook them up with something like a takeaway from the movies and there's a lot in them that are like for the parents it's like they're simple movies but they're meaningful like they have like a like deeper meaning to them like this movie was big on uh like mona was this little hawaiian girl that that had an affinity for like wanting to travel the seas but she was supposed to be like the next chief of her tribe after her father passed and they have to stay like on the island and they can't go past the water and like stuff like that they can't go sailing and um they were big on like the harmony between the people and the land and and being one with the land and taking care of the land and the, the land takes care of you and gives you everything that you, that you need and in terms of like food and water and and stuff like that and the fish from the sea and and um a large part of the movie has to do with one guy that that was played by the rock uh Dwayne Johnson which is funny by the way um that was played by him that stole the heart of the sea quote unquote which was some like stone gem thing and uh, because of that, it brought like this harmony to the to the to the island, etc. So, like the metaphor there was like we're stealing from from Mother Earth, like we're stealing, you know, by by the emissions that we put out and 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 drilling for oil and and over overfishing and stuff like that. Like we're stealing from Mother Earth, and we're not we're not in harmony with her, and we're taking we're spoiled we're taking much more than our fair share and it's detrimental to the long-term sustainability of the earth and in the movie there's like this this the big antagonist that that they have to like fight at the end is this huge angry lava monster and the lava monster it turns out spoiler alert is actually mother earth and mother earth was just pissed off and full of lava and fire and angry and pissed and was gonna fucking kill anything in sight and then when they returned the heart of mother earth like the little gem thing that 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 the rock stole initially then mother earth was at peace and then started giving back to her and all her people and and stuff like that um and it was dope. It was a, it was it was a pretty cool movie. You guys should check it out if you, if you're into stuff like that. Um, like I said, it was funny. There was a there was a really funny song. Which, by the way, my wife told me I haven't fact checked any of this, but my wife told me that Lin Manuel Miranda wrote um, some of the music um, uh, for this movie. So that's pretty dope. Lin Manuel Miranda is the the dude that uh, wrote the play In the Heights, which I've seen, and Hamilton, which I have not seen. And one of the songs uh, that The Rock sings is is funny. He's like, it's called You're Welcome, and he's just like saying you're welcome after everything, and like he's God's gift to the world type of thing, and it's a funny song. Um, Maybe I'll see if I could play it, like at the end of this episode, uh, during the credits. Uh, during the uh, sponsorship phase of the episode or whatever. Um, what else about this movie? Tafiti. 
Tafiti, I learned, is a Polynesian word that means a faraway place. Um, I kind of took it as like a metaphor, metaphorically, meaning not just a faraway place, but a faraway goal, like something you're trying to obtain. Um, and also, uh, lastly, reincarnation was a big part of, of like this, um, culture and it was implicit in, in like the grandmother in the story coming back as a stingray, which is the tattoo that she got. And it was like her choice. Um, I thought that was interesting. It was her choice to get that tattoo because that's what she wanted to come back as so it's like so understood that you are going to come back as something that you get a tattoo of what you want to come back as and you come back as it um so that was interesting too that was an interesting thing and that was it it's called maona m-a-o-n-a uh check it out oh and they had little minions (laughs) but like in the form of coconuts like you know the minions from from what's that fucking cartoon movie which was good also i think there was two or three of them um despicable me those movies the little yellow minions like they have in my own like their version of which is kind of like biting off of them but it, they were cool it was funny too um instead of minions they were like little uh coconuts coconuts that could walk and talk and fight and they were like angry little fuckers and they were like pirates pretty much um so it was kind of funny and that's it one more movie and then we'll go to the three stand-up specials and then end the episode dr strange is the last movie that i've seen that i'm gonna speak about in this episode and there was a really good scene i I liked the movie i thought it was pretty good this is too many people bitch about superhero movies like it's so unrealistic and this and that. it's a fucking superhero movie like no shit it's unrealistic anyway dr strange i thought it was pretty good one thing that i found annoying at first but then kind of like refreshing like i i appreciate them taking like the chances with it is like the the comedy aspect that's woven into these superhero movies now like like uh deadpool was like straight comedy it was like mad funny like throughout um but it was the first time kind of saw that like levity within a a superhero movie and then in doctor strange like they had like little scenes like that were like deadpoolish as well that i thought played pretty well and just like with mentioning doctor strange is like telling some like buddhist monk dude like oh what's your name and he tells him and then it's just like a one name and he was like oh so it's like like Adele, you know, like one name. And the guy's looking at him like, what the fuck is Adele? And he's like, you never heard of Adele? How about Drake, Eminem, Bono? You know, he was like saying stuff like that. It was like funny shit like that. It was pretty cool. Um, the, what was dope visually, this is what I like the most about the movie. It was visually, visually really awesome with, the the style of the uh manipulation inception style surrounding manipulation you know like in the movie inception when like the buildings bend and like stuff like that there's a lot of that going on in this movie and i think it took it like to the next level of that 
whatever that style of of cinematography or whatever it's called and that was really cool also um the scene where he meets the bald buddha lady is what i imagine a dmt trip is like and you know it's been like i've heard of what the experience is like like on different podcasts and stuff like that and i feel like i want one of those people like an aubrey marcus or something that to like see this and be like because it's always described as something that words would never be able to explain um no matter how you explain it words will never do it justice and i think we all experience things like that um in our lives not like a dmt trip but just like things that we can't really like express um because there's literally just no words for it it's kind of like a you have to you had to have been there or you have to like see it to believe it type of thing and i wanted i just want to know how closely this scene when he meets the buddha lady and she like it pushes him through like different dimensional you through different dimensions of the universe and wormholes and like weird shit and fractals you know happening and stuff like that i want to know how close that is to describing what a true dmt trip is like um because that's the first thing that i thought of when i saw that scene which was just cool visually to like look at it seemed pretty awesome and what else the the last thing that i liked about this movie is that you know he's like this hot shot uh neuro um not neurosurgeon i think i guess yeah neurosurgeon brain surgeon guy doctor and he is you know like very scientific and she's like this buddha monk master you know woo woo type of you know 13 dimensions exist and the world isn't what it seems type of lady and you know the power of the mind type of thing and when he's finally like accepting it accepting it to be an actual thing and not just bullshit um and she's showing him how to you know create portals with your mind and go into different places and you got to do this with your hand and you create a portal into a different dimension type of type of thing or a different part of the world that you can go to just by walking through it and he asks her you know even if i do do this with my hands and even if i do buy the whole thing like i'll still be just waving my hands in the air like how do i get from here to there to where you are and she asks him how did you become one of the greatest surgeons in brain surgeons in the world and that could reattach you know nerve endings from the spinal cord to to the brain etc and his response was years and years of study and practice like years of it many many years of it and she kind of looked at him like yeah that's how like in other words saying the way to answer your question the way you get from there to here to have the ability to to you know do these portals and fucking go through them into different dimensions is through years and years of study and practice like there's no secret sauce to it like you just got to do it and i love hearing stuff like that even if it's within this fake you know movie world or whatever but just like that sentiment of it always takes hard work 
and deliberate practice to get to where you want to be. I love shit like that. I eat shit like that up. Anyway, Doctor Strange, another movie that I highly recommend. And that said, those are all the movies I had to speak about. And I'm already at an hour in this episode. And I got to tell you guys about three stand-up comedy specials. So I'm going to speed it up just a tad. Uh, not too much, though. Not to not do it justice. But anyway, I'm going to start off with literally my favorite single most thing that I've watched in a long time. And by single most thing that I've watched in a long time, I mean like as a body of work compared to movies, TV series, other stand-up comedy specials, anything. Three Mics by Neil Brennan is the best thing that I've seen in a long time, including all the movies that I just mentioned, all the movies that I've mentioned in the past or other stand-up comedy specials, etc., etc., it's called three mics because there's literally three mics on stage and he does three distinctly different things throughout the the stand-up performance it's available on netflix by the way and i put a the trailer to it within the episode notes if you guys want to check it out um so there's three mics one is for one-liners one is just straight stand-up and another one is emotional stuff. For those of you that don't know who Neil Brennan is, he is a stand-up comic, uh, headlining comic, and he is the co-creator of The Chappelle Show uh, with Dave Chappelle. He was his writing partner in that show. Between the two of them, they equally produced it, uh, you know, wrote all the sketches and stuff like that. Um, uh, he's also directed like nike commercials and he's like the voice for like samsung commercials and stuff like that he does voiceover work and he's a really funny and versatile talented dude he's a writer also um he's written on other tv shows etc so he's definitely he's a talented dude and i just thought that this performance was really thought out really really thought out really thoughtful um it was funny obviously he's a really funny guy it was deep um especially with the like emotional stuff which uh he was really open and honest about um it showed his versatility and it was just like an emotional roller coaster like you're laughing um he's like uh clinically depressed person like um what's the word i'm looking for um not like he's sad all the time but like you know like oh it's raining out i'm sad um but like clinically takes medication certified depressed or whatever i don't know how to explain it more than that um and it was just i saw it once and i've seen uh, different clips of it after and i definitely it's it's one that that's worth a second and third watch and i'm definitely gonna watch it again probably soon like i said it's my favorite thing that i've seen in a long time and it might not be something that you're into but if you are if you like stand up if you like um if you like i don't know just like taking a deep dive into somebody else's like emotional 
world and someone's head and in a very creative and thought out thoughtful way then uh check it out it's called the three mics by neil brennan and it's on netflix next is felipe sparza's they're not gonna laugh at you felipe sparza is also a headlining stand-up comedian i think he's a headliner but he's definitely a funny funny comic um well he's definitely a headliner um I stumbled on his special. I've I've heard him on different podcasts, and I've never seen any of his stand-up. He's been on uh, Joy Diaz's uh, Church of What's Happening Now, and I believe he's also been on um, a, a Christchurch podcast, the Burkcast. I think, but I definitely heard him mentioned in comedic circles, and I saw it. It was on Netflix. Decided to to check it out. It was from like 2012, and. I was pleasantly surprised. It was funny. It was it was literally laugh laugh out loud funny. And the the title of it was or is of the special uh they're not going to laugh at you. And he got that name from his mother because he told his mom that that um you know he's a Mexican dude. His mom um assuming he's like a Mexican immigrant and he's like first generation uh mexican american and his his yeah uh, he said that he like told his mom that he's gonna like film this thing special and stuff like that and his mom um you know being a caring mom was like don't worry they're um it, everything's gonna go great they're not gonna laugh at you and you know what i mean like she kind of meant that like you know nobody's gonna like make fun of you for doing it you're gonna do great type of thing but it's like the whole point of the comedy show is for them to laugh <laughs> and um that's why he named it they're not gonna laugh at you so i thought that was pretty funny that was pretty cool and the the episode this is the only thing you have to get over um if you can get past the the way he sounds no offense uh to felipe esparza but he sounds like the mexican accent that everyone that tries to do a fake mexican accent does he sounds that way, like normally, like you know, like that. Orale carnal, que onda güey, pinche cabrón. Like he sounds like that. And if you can get past that for an hour and a half, or I'm sorry, for an hour, um, stand up special, you'll enjoy it. Um, and it's very, very like punch joke, punch joke, punch joke. Um, it's very like that, very paced, very like high paced like that throughout the whole thing. So you'll. If you don't laugh at one, you'll laugh at the next one or the one right after that that's coming like in fucking 20 seconds. So check it out, Felipe Esparza's They're Not Gonna Laugh At You. That is available on Netflix. And last but not least, the king of comedy himself. Probably is right now. Bill Burr. At least to me. Bill Burr's new special is available on netflix it's called walk your way out and it's awesome of course bill burr is definitely a master at his craft and he's the best kind like we we've spoken about in this episode you know he's humble self-deprecating um definitely non-ray crockish and um and he kills it i 
didn't like it as much as his last special, but but take that with a huge grain of salt. I'll tell you why. It's great. It's a five star special. Absolutely. Um, but I went to see him live when he came to New York and he played at MSG and sold the fucking crowd out. Um, and not in the little theater, by the way. It was the like the stadium. Um, he, I saw him live and some of the jokes from the special, like a a few like big bits, like big chunks of it were, um, I heard them when I saw him live. So just because they, you know, that element of surprise like wasn't there, the, you know, I, that's what I'm saying. I quote unquote liked it less than the previous special of his but it was you know nothing short of uh, fantastic it was is a great special definitely recommend it and you guys should definitely check it out again bill burr's new special is called walk your way out and um bill burr actually recently had a kid i don't know if i mentioned that in a previous episode but he had a kid with his the lovely nia like he calls her and um many blessings to to them and their uh, growing family it's pretty dope. I say dope a lot. And I think I say more when I'm on the podcast. I don't know why. And then I do like in fucking regular life. Alright, so that's the episode, folks. That's episode 67 of the Sponsored A Podcast. Thank you very much for sticking around. And if you want to stick around for another like five to ten minutes, I'm just gonna zoom, 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 zoom through a couple of uh house cleaning stuff, the outro where I tell you guys a bunch of different ways you can help support the podcast. If you want to stick around, stick around. And if not, peace. Check out the next episode. So, one of the first ways you can help support the podcast is by signing up to my weekly newsletter. I have a newsletter called the Midday Monday Boost Letter. What it is, is a newsletter that gives you five things every monday at noon to help boost you through your week some cool shit that you guys can check out if you want to see samples of the midday monday boost letter you can now see samples at sponsor.com forward slash newsletter at the bottom of the page um right below where you add your email address to subscribe for free to receive this awesome cool newsletter thing uh, once a week on Mondays at noon when you're bored at work and looking for something to do um, you can see samples of it like the last like 15 to 20 real ones that actually went out to all the all your other future fellow subscribers so check it out at spuntoday.com forward slash newsletter no 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 sorry it's forward slash subscribe is it subscribers and newsletter anyway go to sponsor.com at the top it'll say subscribe or newsletter click on one of those and you'll find it next is fill out the questionnaire also if you're a creative type if you're into sewing or or if you're into writing or if you're into painting or if you're into crocheting or anything that you're into anything creative that you're into I have a five-question questionnaire on my website. It's called the spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire. Or that's where it's located, rather. And all it is is five open-ended questions that you can 
answer however you want and what i do is i read your responses on a future episode of the podcast and the thought behind it is that in answering the questions you kind of let us into aside from the fact that you get to promote your stuff for free or whatever it is that you're into and i give you a shout out on the podcast um it's helpful to listeners that also might be into writing or painting or crocheting or whatever it is that you're into and your answer the answers to your questions may help them with a problem that they have or just give them like a tip that could be helpful um to them so check it out it's called it's uh, a questionnaire and it's located at sponsor.com forward slash questionnaire next is the photos on my website they're all available for free free downloads you can check them out at sponsor.com forward slash photography i don't um, consider myself a quote-unquote photographer but i do like taking pictures of shit and i have a semi-decent camera to do so with and when the weather warms up i definitely plan to do much more of it because i don't dedicate nearly as much time to that as i do to anything else so um but there's a shit ton of pictures on there that you guys can download for free um just cool shots that i've taken from around the city and around um uh, different places like chichen itza when i went on vacation to mexico on my honeymoon uh dr when i went on vacation and like stuff like that so check it out um and if you would happen to want prints of that photography you can also order prints um those aren't free and, but you can order prints of any of that photography by going to created.com c-r-a-t-e-d.com forward slash spun today and order some shit now those are all things that are available for you for free as listeners of the spun today podcast and i appreciate the fuck out of you guys so aside from the podcast which is free and all that shit is free too and the writing and the free writing and etc cetera, etc cetera, etc cetera. Now, ways that you can help support the podcast financially um, are several. One of which that does not cost you any money whatsoever is by using the Amazon banner on my website to shop on Amazon. So if you shop on Amazon already, you know the drill. Um, Or if you listen to podcasts, you know that shopping through their banners... Uh, Amazon banners is helpful to the podcaster and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So this is the way it works. Go to spuntoday.com forward slash affiliate links. There you're going to see a banner like an amazon.com banner. You know, you're going to see the Amazon logo, whatever it pops out. You click on it and it takes you straight to amazon.com. Um, just exactly the same way that it would like if you just go to amazon.com on your browser directly. However, if by going to my site first and clicking on my personal banner, Amazon gives me a cut of whatever it is that you purchase. And it, they don't charge you anything extra. It's a cut from the money that they collect from you, um, from their profits, from their them selling you whatever it is that you're buying on Amazon. So that is a way that you can help support the podcast financially without it costing you a single penny. And I would really appreciate it. So check it out at sponsor.com forward slash affiliate links there also by the way in the affiliate links uh page you can see other ways to support the podcast financially whether it be through paypal donations or through the patreon um patreon donations which is 
another way that you can help support the podcast financially but that's like on a per episode basis for example you can pledge a dollar per episode or two dollars per episode or whatever it is that you want to pledge and you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash spun today which again is also located at that affiliate links page of mine uh, but if you want to go directly to it you can go to patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash spawn today and donate there now the reason for me doing podcasts uh, aside from the fact that i love them and i, I really enjoy the medium of podcasts um is to get you guys to read my shit the stuff that i write you know not just the stuff on my website like on the short story section or the free writing section um but to read my books uh future books in plural but currently book <laughs> that is available and that is another way that you can uh help support me in the podcast uh check out my landing page for my book which is spontray.com forward slash books there you'll see the title make way for you which is a book that is subtitled tips for getting out of your own way it is a book that's chock full of motivating and inspirational things that that i've written down that got me off my ass and and got me into this whole like podcasting thing and writing consistently and constantly with the goal of of eventually having a body of work that i can look back on and be proud of and it's just a lot of food for thought type of stuff uh within the volume one of make way for you and it's available in paperback form via amazon um or an e-back e-back e-book form through any of your e-readers whether it's a kindle or ibooks or wherever it is that you get your your digital copies of books you'll be able to find make way for you and worst case scenario you um don't have to purchase it if you don't want to i'll give it to you for free that's a little little secret don't tell anybody except for anybody else who wants to read it so <laughs> go to uh if you do want a free copy of the book um it won't be you know as fancy as like uh, uh the ebook format or as tangible as the the paperback format but i will send you a pdf copy of the entire book via email if you go to sponsor.com forward slash books and at the bottom of that page drop in your email address which will by the way automatically subscribe you to the midday monday boost letter that you will get every monday um but you'll also be getting a free book out of it so uh check it out and by the way you can unsubscribe from the newsletter if you think it's bullshit and you don't like it or whatever you can unsubscribe at any time it's free so there's no cost either way um but yeah if you want a free copy of make way for you and um you decide to get one that way uh feel free to do so all i ask is that you do leave a honest uh rating and or review on amazon.com or goodreads.com both of which on my site on that book landing page site uh there's links to to both of those places where that will take you directly where you can uh read reviews and write your own um what else rate and review the podcast the podcast is now available on many different through many different outlets 
uh, including Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, TuneIn, iTunes, obviously, Stitcher, etc., etc., etc. Wherever it is that you do listen to podcasts, uh, please re review it. This helps other people uh, find it. Follow me on Twitter at SpunToday or on Instagram at SpunToday. Like the Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash SpunToday. Check out the YouTube page. The YouTube page, I've been continuing to do um, cut-ups of these episodes because, as you know, all all these uh, podcast episodes are available on YouTube as well. And you can check them out there in full. Or if you just want... Uh, bite-sized pieces of it i've been splitting them up like per topic so for example when i split this one up the whole morris from america section is going to be like in its own little youtube video for like you know 11 minutes or however long i spoke on that then the accountant is going to be in its own little video and uh neil brennan's three mics is going to be in his own little video etc so if you just want the bite-sized pieces of it you want to pick and choose what you want to listen to that's a great spot to to do so by going to my youtube page and the easiest way to find my youtube page is just by going to youtube and typing in spun today and it'll pop right up so check that out make sure you subscribe and like it and uh that's pretty much it folks i'm gonna wrap it up this episode went kind of long but i hope you guys enjoyed it as much as i hope you guys enjoyed listening to it as much as i enjoyed recording it And as always, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening.